three families off on vacation and they're large families. So, uh, let's see, uh, Beverly and Dale are gone with all their kids, uh, Ted and Koshana and their kids. And so anyway, I hope they have a good time. Uh, but uh, I want to, again, I want to wish all you fathers a very happy Father's Day. And I want to wish you grandfathers the same thing. You know, I, when I was growing up, I was real close to my grandfather. And I guess I probably learned more. I love my dad, but I guess my grandfather was one of those type of people that he had patience. And I learned a lot from him. He was never too busy, always had time for his kids. And uh, I think that's very important that we dads need to make time for our kids. When they come to us, we need to sit down, we need to talk to them. A lot of times in this day of time, there's a lot going on in this world. And sometimes the kids get a lot of stuff on their hearts and on their minds that they need to talk about. And we need to listen. And uh, but anyway, I, again, I want to thank thank all y'all for being here today. Uh, I, my sermon is not long. I know probably there's a lot of uh, things and functions going on today for Father's Day dinners and this and that. So I've kind of cut it down. It'll probably be over in about three hours. But no, <laughs> uh, it, it, it is short. And this is uh, about a man that if y'all looked at your brochures, his name was Enoch. You said, Enoch, on Father's Day? I thought you would have more of a, well, it's going to be a Father's Day sermon when I get through with it. And, uh, but Enoch had a real impact upon his family. I guess Enoch probably had one of the best things said about, them, about him that you could say about a man, about a woman, or anybody, and that was, he pleased God. He walked with God. He had a relationship with God. And I'll get into it here in just a minute, but do y'all realize, if you've never really studied Enoch, Enoch, the Bible doesn't tell us what a close walk he had with God before his family came. But after his son was born, it's when Enoch's walk with God became so close. They had a relationship that you would not believe, but it was after his children were born. You know, uh, I think most fathers sometimes, we don't pay the attention to the child that we need to pay attention to. I know I didn't. I wish I had of. We're close now, but I was always gone. I was doing this, I was doing that, and uh, I regret it now. So fathers, if you've got young children, listen to them, pay attention to them. You'll be glad you did. You might even learn something. I know I did. You'd be surprised what a daughter can tell you. And most of the time they don't mind telling you. And uh, so, but anyway, uh, I do want to bring this to you about Enoch. <clears throat> And I hope we all get something out of it because it, it's really, it, 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 it's a great message for fathers and their love for their children.
In the Bible, we read about a man. His name was Enoch. And he had an amazing relationship with God. Even though we don't have a whole lot of details on uh, Enoch's life, but what we are told about Enoch, we should all pay attention and listen. Because God is revealing something to us, especially to us men, that we all should know. The Bible tells us because of Enoch's great faith, Enoch was taken out of this world and that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken away, he had this testimony. Enoch pleased God. Enoch, God removed Enoch from this life, from this world, and Enoch never saw death. There was one other man that, he, that God did that to, Elijah. These are two men that God took off this earth, took them to heaven, and they never saw death. Now that is a relationship. Elijah had a great relationship with God. Enoch had a great relationship with God. And I'm gonna, I'll get to something here in just a minute. But you know, it said that he pleased God. I don't know of any better thing, like I said, it could be said about a man or a woman in this life that they life, their life pleased God. And that's what's going to make, that's what's going to have to be, you know, we're going to have to please God. And here in Hebrews 11, 5 and 6, <clears throat> it says, without faith it is impossible for us to please God. In other words, we've got to have faith in God, believe that God is who he says he is that he will do what he says he will do, and then he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What does it mean to diligently seek God? That's when you're seeking somebody with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's when everything in you, you want that relationship. You want to know more and more about your God. And you know the only way you're going to really know more and more about your God is get into his word and see what he says. God will enlighten us so much. Roy and I was talking this morning in my office, and we was talking about Enoch and several of them. Roy was telling me about a book he had on Enoch. I wish I'd have had that before I sat down and started to start doing this. And, uh, <clears throat> but in other words, we must truly believe God is who he says he is. He'll do what he says he'll do. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In other words, we have to believe God is who he says he is to receive his blessings. What kind of blessings can you receive from God? You can receive healing, financial rewards, long life. It goes on and on. It's never ending as to what God can do in our lives. When we're walking close to God, we're with God. You know, when we have a relationship with God like Enoch had, uh, it said here that that uh, one day Enoch went for a walk with God and he never returned home. They went for a walk and they, he never returned home. God swept him up into heaven. He says, I did a deal last, not last Saturday, Saturday before last at the men's breakfast on Enoch. And their relationship, their walk, was so close. They looked forward to, to walking with each other and talking. They would walk in the evening time. 
And God revealed a lot of things to Enoch that we don't realize that he revealed to Enoch. I'm going to show you a couple of them. But in their talks and in their walks, it was a very close friendship, a very good relationship. God called him friend. Enoch called God friend. And they would wander and they would talk. I don't have it in my sermon, but Sunday it was just like they was out walking one day. And he got later in the evening. And God said, you know, Enoch, we've had a lot of walks. We've had a lot of talks together. But God says, you know, I just realized something. We are closer to my house now than we are to yours. Why don't you just come home with me? And they said that God took Enoch home. That ain't another way to go home. Have a good walk with God. And God said, you know, I would love to hear that when my time comes. Hey, Bill, we are closer to my house than we are to yours. Why don't you just come on home with me? Wow. That would just really be something. And Enoch went. And it said that we don't know how Enoch's rapture, well, I just called it a rapture. We don't know how it happened. I mean, exactly what took place. Some say Enoch was swept into heaven on angels' wings. Angels' wings? Well, now, you know, even, even in the Bible, it talks about being escorted to heaven. By angels. What about over in the book of Luke with the uh, rich and poor man? It said that the rich man, oh, I said, okay, I'll go ahead. It said the poor man died and he was escorted home to, to Abraham's bosom by angels. He loved the Lord. He was close to the Lord. He was homeless. He had nothing, but he had God. You know, when we have God, you really think about it. You've got a whole lot going on for you. And, uh, but he said that, that, that God sent an angel and escorted uh, Ab- <coughs> excuse me, Lazarus, the poor man, to Abraham's bosom. He said then the rich man died and he was buried. That's all he said about the rich man. He died and he was buried. But God, the man that loved him, that worshipped him, that prayed to him. God sent an escort for him. I hope God sends an escort for every one of us. That when this comes our time, that we will go home on angels' wings. And uh, some say, like I said, they said that they, they thought that he was uh, swept into heaven on angel wings. And I told you a while ago, there was Elijah. He was another one that God took home without seeing death. And they say he went home in a chariot of fire. He was in a chariot, and that fire, and the, that chariot was just ablazing. He was, you could, he, he was leaving a stream of fire behind him on his way to heaven. He never saw death. But God loved him. He was obedient. Matter of fact, he, he was called the prophet of fire. So I guess that's why that chariot was on fire when he went to heaven. And he, he would preach fire and brimstone. He would tell the people what God's word was. You know, I know more, most people don't like to hear that. Most people don't want to know about hell. 
They said, oh, that's so miserable and so dreary. You know, I'd rather know about hell and how to avoid it than go there. But most people, they want to hear a good, feel-good message, make them happy, but yet, is that going to keep you out of hell? I know Elijah, he didn't mind preaching about hell. He didn't mind preaching telling you how bad hell was. But he'd also preach on heaven and how wonderful, how beautiful, and how just great heaven was because you was in the presence of God. What could be better than being in the presence of God? Just think of all your needs. Everything you, that you needed was met. <clears throat> Matter of fact, over, over there in Revelation uh, 21, it talks about heaven. It says there is no more death, no more sickness, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears. And God says, for all those former things have passed away and there will never be allowed in heaven. There is no tears in heaven. There's no unhappiness in heaven. Only joy because you're in the presence of God. He said there'll be no sun. There'll be no moon. What about light? You're going to, the light is going to come from the glory of God himself. You're not going to need the moon. You're not going to need the sun. But that gives us just a few things about heaven. See, that is what Enoch is experiencing right now. That's what Elijah, many of our friends, our relatives, our loved ones, that's what they're experiencing right now. They're seeing all the beauty of heaven and how great it is. They are in the presence of God Almighty. And there can't be nothing but joy. God said there will never, ever be sin allowed in heaven. Never. You will not know any sin in heaven. It's just going to be just great and wonderful. It's just the presence of God himself is going to light up everything. You're never going to be sick. Nothing. I mean, you're just going to know joy and peace and love. That's what you're going to know in heaven. And all the, all the friends and relatives and those that you love, you're going to see. I've got some in there that I will. I'll be glad to see again. I, I hadn't, you know, I hadn't seen them in a long time. Like in my family, I'm the last one. My mother, my father, my sister, all have passed. I've got my wife and my daughter, my grandkids. But as far as my family, I don't. But I've got God. He's my father. He's watching over me. He's taking care of things. He's taking care of me. He's taking care of my family, my loved ones. See, that's one thing I like to do. Is when I get up in the mornings, like I said, I'm an early riser. I get up. I like to go in there and I like to have my time with God. And that's my prayer time. I sit there in my recliner with my coffee and I have my time with God. And I always pray for my family, my grandchildren, my loved ones, this church, that God's hand will be on you he will watch over you. He will protect you. He will keep you safe. He will meet your needs. And see, that's faith. I honestly believe that God is what he says he is. He is God. And nothing, absolutely nothing, is impossible for him to do. Sometimes we ask too small of things. Well, I don't know if God can do that. I don't know if I ought to ask God that. That's pretty large. You can't ask too much of God. What you're doing when you limit yourself to asking God for things, you're saying, God, I don't know if you can do this. You're saying, God, I don't know if you're who you say you are. 
Do you realize you're sinning against God? There's nothing that God can't do. You can't ask nothing big enough. You have to realize who God is. That created everything that you see. Everything there is, God created. So what you can ask is absolutely nothing to God that he can't do. So you all just remember, when you really have a need and you need to ask God something, nothing is too big for God. And if it's, if it's, if it's bugging you and it's hurting you, that's what God, then he wants you to come to. He wants you to present your, your prayers, your petitions to him. Saying, Lord, I trust in you. I know that you can do this. And Lord, I'm just laying it out to you. You know everything that's going on, Lord, and I'm asking you to take care of it. Maybe somebody in here needs a job. Maybe you need work. Maybe you need a better job. I don't know. Maybe you've got some financial problems going on. But God can take care of it. God can take care of it. You just have to have the faith and believe that he can do it. Put your faith in God, and he will do it. Uh, <clears throat> if we look back at Genesis, we, some, we see some of the events in Enoch's life I want to look at right fast. We read here in Genesis chapter 5, verses 21 through, t through 22. It says, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. Methuselah, that was Enoch's son. That was his firstborn. He, he was born at 65. That's when Enoch was 65 years old when Methuselah was born. Now listen to what he says. And after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years, 300 more years, and had sons and daughters. Enoch lived before God took him to be 365 years old. And all this time, after, after Methuselah was born, was his close, close walk with God. Things really started happening after his, uh, after his children were born. Matter of fact, I've got it here. It said, Methuselah, the son of Enoch, and according to the scriptures, it was after Methuselah was born that Enoch really became serious about his walk and his relationship with God. What is it about becoming a father, about becoming a grandfather, that changes, our, that changes men's lives? You know, you've got a responsibility now that you never had before, for one thing. You've got a son. You've got a daughter. You've, you've got grandchildren. Things start happening. Things start changing. You know, many of us know that Methuselah was the oldest man who ever lived. That's what the Bible tells us. You know how old Methuselah was? He was 969 years old when he died. 960, you know, almost the age of my wife. I'm in trouble. But, uh, no, but can you imagine 969 years? If you'd like to read about Methuselah, he's in Genesis 5.27. And you can get a lot of good information. Methuselah, like I said, and I, I, I want to bring this up right fast. Maybe some of us, I didn't know this until I got to studying for this, but it says, maybe some of us do not know what Methuselah's name means. Y'all ever thought about that? Nearly every name in the Bible had a meaning. Methuselah's name had a meaning. And God revealed 
this to Enoch. He says, if we study the life of Methuselah, we will see that the year Methuselah died, well, okay, let me tell you what, what his name means. I've, I skipped over that. Methuselah's name means when he dies, it will happen. When Methuselah dies, it will happen. What will happen? What will happen when Methuselah dies? Now see, God has already told Enoch what was going to happen. And uh, if you study Methuselah's life close, you'll see that the year Methuselah died, the world was destroyed by the flood of Noah. When Methuselah died, the flood that covered the world took place. And when Methuselah was born, God revealed to Enoch some more things. When they would go, like I said, when they'd go on their walk in the evenings, God and Enoch had some of the most personal conversation. God revealed to Enoch some prophecy that hardly any even of the Old Testament prophets knew. God told what God told them to Enoch. And there's a couple of things I want to tell y'all what God revealed to Enoch. When Methuselah was born, God revealed to Enoch that judgment would come when Methuselah died. Okay. Judgment was going to come. Enoch believed what God had revealed to him, and that's what changed his life. God told him what was going to take place. God told him what was going to happen. And I'm sure God said, Methuselah, I mean, excuse me, Enoch, make sure that you and your family are right with me. See, he was putting that responsibility on Enoch. You tell your family about me. You tell them what I have revealed to you. And uh, Enoch believes what God revealed to him, and that's what changed his life. What God has revealed to us in his word should change our life. When we get over into the book, in God's book, and all the things he's revealing to us, especially in the book of Revelation. Now, Revelation is something that has not took place yet. There's a couple things that are on the way. But God is giving us a warning. He sent John. See, that is the only reason that John did not die the death of all the other disciples. God had a very special job for John, and that was to write the book of Revelations. God said, I want my people to know what is going to happen, what is going to take place. John, I'm going to send you to heaven. And you're going to hear and you're going to learn all about the coming judgment and what's going to happen. Write them down. Put them in the book so that my people will know what is going to take place. I want my people ready. I want my people ready to, 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 to know what is going to happen so that they can receive me as their Lord, believe in me, so that they will not have to go through this. There's going to be a many people that's going to go through this tribulation period. This tribulation period will last seven, seven years. And it is, they said it will be a time that the earth has never seen and will never see again. That's how bad it's going to be. 
And a lot of people have a real hard time believing that. How can it get any worse than what it is now? Well, believe me, it's going to. It's not near as bad as what it's going to be and where it's going to go. Uh, you know, what's even more amazing is that Enoch not only believed God con con concerning the coming flood that was going to take place, but he also believed God concerning the Lord's judgment at the end time. God even told Enoch about the end time judgment. Can you imagine? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Enoch. Uh, I need to tell you something. There's going to be a judgment coming at the end of this world. Oh yeah, Enoch, this world's going to end. And there's going to be a judgment. He told him about the great white throne judgment. He told him about the coming judgment. He told him about the lake of fire. He told him how it was going to be that all the ungodly people would be cast into the lake of fire. Can you imagine? Boy, Enoch, I said, boy, I bet he took notice. That's when Enoch, whenever God started revealing to him what was going to take place, that's when Enoch's life truly changed. That's when he truly started walking so close to God, believing what God had said. You know, if we were to read our Bible, it says that the Bible is what? the inspired word of God. This was not just written by men. It was not made up by men. But the Holy Spirit come upon each writer of the Bible and revealed to them what God wanted in His Word. This was not wrote by man. It was wrote, really, I'll just say this, it was wrote by the Holy Spirit. You know who the Holy Spirit is? That's God Himself. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit you got living inside of you. The day you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God sent His Spirit to live in you. That Spirit is revealing to you today the things that's going to happen, God's Word. That Holy Spirit is comforting you. He's guiding you. I, I, I would hate to know that I was walking through this world without the Holy Spirit being inside of me. I tell you what, some of the things I felt the Holy Spirit speak, it scared me. It scared me. But I know it was God. And I know God is telling me that when I stand up here, that I am to tell you what He says. Not what I say, not what anybody else says, but what He says. Because it don't make no difference what I say as long as it's God's Word, it does. But for me to come up here and just say, well, now this is what I believe, don't pay any attention to me. Don't listen. But if I tell you this is God's Word and this is what God said, you better listen. He's warning us. But when God and Enoch took their walk in the evenings, like I said, God revealed many things to Enoch. Talking about the end of the world. We, we, we can learn from <clears throat> the book of Jude. Now Jude's only got one chapter. That's all that's in Jude, one chapter. And in verses 14 and 15, listen to what he says of Jude. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men, about the things that God had told him about these men that's going to be judged. Behold, 
the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment on all and to convict all who are ungodly among all of them for all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way for all the harsh, the terrible words with ungodly, which ungodly sinners have spoken against God. He's going to judge you. I think, you ever heard somebody that seems like every other word that comes out of their mouth is a curse word? And they use God's name in vain nearly all the time. God's going to judge that. Our Father who art in heaven, how holy is our name. That's what hallowed, hallowed means, holy. How holy is thy name. God's name is holy. It's not to be used in cursing or anything else. It's to be used to, for glorifying God. For giving God praise, but not to say curse words or anything, because that will be judged. God revealed to Enoch that each one of us are accountable to God for how we live our lives before him. Did y'all hear that? Each one of us are accountable to God. I cannot be accountable for you. I can tell you what God's word says, but I can't make you do it. I can't be accountable for my wife. I can tell her, honey, now this is what God's word says, but if she don't do it, she's accountable. She is accountable to herself. We are all accountable to ourselves for obeying and hearing God's word and being obedient. As much as I would love to be able to pray for everybody, say, God, forgive them, protect them, Lord, save them, I can't do it. That's personal. That's when you have to come to God on your own, say, God, I need you in my life. I know I'm a sinner. I know I've done wrong. And I need you to come into my life. I need you to change me. I kind of got a feeling that may be what happened to Enoch. God, all this stuff you've told me. God, I need you. I need your help. And God said, okay, you got it. And then Enoch began to walk closer than he had ever walked with God. I've met people that one time I knew them. They weren't close to God at all. But when they came, they received God in. Everything in them changed. They became a new person. God turned them around. And they fell in love with God in such a way that they walked close to him. They read his word. It had to be an emergency for them to miss church. They wanted to be in church. They wanted to praise God. They wanted to worship God. They wanted to give God glory. They wanted to hear God's word. I wish it was all like that. When you get that Holy Spirit stirring in you and you get Him moving and you can't sit still, I'm going to know that you're filled. The Holy Spirit is there. God revealed, like I said, that we're all accountable for ourselves. We're accountable to what we do, what we say, what we think, how we act. And knowing this is what caused Enoch to become a man of God and live in his life to please God either. Lord, I'm accountable. Nobody's accountable to, for me. I'm accountable to myself. I have to make that change. It, it's up to me to 
to walk with you, to love you, to serve you. Enoch changed his life. He changed the life of his children, his family. When, when God changed his life, Enoch began to change his family's life. We're not told what Enoch was like before God revealed all these things to him, but we're told what, he, what happened to him after God revealed himself to Enoch. Enoch was a totally, completely different person. Enoch believed God. His faith in God changed the way he lived his life. And that's what it ought to do to all of us. It ought to change us. And what's more, Enoch became a new man. It changed his life and the lives of his family and their future. Fathers, grandfathers, you know, whether we realize it or not, we can change our families when we change ourselves. When our family sees us, and the way we love God changes them. It makes them love God even more. There's a scripture, and I love it, Y'all probably already know what it is, but it's 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It tells us what happens when we say, God, I need a new life. I need to become somebody new. This whole life is not getting it. Listen to what, 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 what uh, <coughs> excuse me, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, or if any man receives Christ as their Lord and Savior, he becomes a new creation. You're not that old man you used to be. He said, all the old things in your life have passed away. God removes them. He removes all your sins. He removes everything. He don't see those sins anymore. He said, I'll take, take those sins, I'll cast them as far as the east from the west, and I'll never remember them against you again, and I'll never even bring them up to you. They're gone. He says, because now that you have received me, all things, in your life, I've become new. You're a new person. And that's what each one of us ought to want. We ought to want to be that new person in God. God's offering it to us. But are we accepting it? Are we accepting that offer that God is making us? He said, you can be new. You don't have to live in sin. You can be that brand new person. I'll remove all your sins. I'll cast them as far as the east is from the west. I'll never remember them to you. They'll never miss you to you again. They're forgotten. You know, many of us, unless we look back, I just, I just put this in here because the men just don't know this. But do you know that Noah was the great grandson of Enoch? Noah was the great grandson of Enoch. When Enoch became a person of God, what does the Bible say about Noah? All the time Noah was building that ark, it said he was a righteous preacher of God. This was the great grandson of Enoch who walked with God and God took and never saw death. Look at the impact that Enoch's life had on family down the line. You've heard of generational curses. Sometimes we have to say, okay, that generational curse stops right here. 
Maybe you've had somebody in your family, alcoholic, drank, drank, nothing but problem. Maybe you've got that problem. You said, no, wait, I'm not going to do that. That curse is stopping right here. I'm not taking it on. My family is not going to know what that is. You stop it. There's all kinds of things going on in people's lives that can end with you because you don't carry it any further. You're serving God. You're like Enoch. You're walking so close to God that all you want to do is please God. And you know what pleases God. You know what doesn't please God. God tells us in his word. So I want to ask you fathers, you grandfathers today, what kind of example are you leaving your children? Have you ever thought about it? What do your children and your grandchildren see? How is your life? Are you an inspiration to them? Do they want to be like you? Do they want that walk you've got? There's some men in here right now that walk so close to God, I know their children can't help but be proud of them. I want to be like my daddy. I want to be like my daddy. You know, I think that is probably one of the greatest things a child could say about their dad. I want to be like my daddy. Do your children want to be like you? Do they want to have the relationship you have with God? See, that's our job as dads. Teach your children about God. Teach them about God's love. Teach them about God's grace, His mercy. Just teach them how much God loves you and everything that He has done for you so far. That should be the father's prime job, teaching his children about the love of God. And you know, when a child looks at their dad, I hope they see God. I know that my dad is just like God. I'm going to ask the band to come up. And I'm going to ask them to play. If you're here this day and you say, Lord, I need a closer walk with you. I need for my children to see me in a different light. I need for my children to look up to me and don't want to be like me because of my walk with you. If you're here today and you would like a closer walk with God, We've got altars up here that you can come down. You know, God's sitting here right now. We sang a song. When he reached down his hand. I love that song. But do you realize right now that God is reaching down his hand for you to take? To come to him. God's not going to turn you away. He's not going to laugh at you. He's not going to make fun of you. There is not a person in here that will laugh and make fun of a man that comes down here and kneels to God. If you need a closer walk with God, and God knows who you are, please 
today could be the day that your whole life changes and the lives of your family changes. So I'm going to ask the band to play. If you just need prayer, I'm going to be down front and I'll be glad to pray with you. But please, if you need a closer walk with God, today is the day that you can have it.